0: This is Iron Sports, 95.9, 106.9, West Palm Beach. We're honored to have the Cincinnati Inquirer uh, writer who covers Cincinnati Bearcats football, Keith Jenkins. Keith, thanks so much for coming on Iron Sports.
1: My pleasure, Ira. Thanks for having me.
0: Wow, it's pretty exciting. I mean, for years we've been saying a non-Power 5 school would be able to get into the BCI, the playoffs uh, structure, but this is the year that Cincinnati got in, so it's exciting for you, for someone who's covered the Bearcats for a while, to see the program emerge and now be at the stage where you're playing Alabama for the chance to play for the title.
1: No, it's, it's very exciting. It's exciting for the city, for the university, for the fan base, um, it's really crazy. I mean, it's really hard to, it's my job to put it in words. Right. But it's hard to do that. I mean, I'm, I'm a Cincinnati native. My dad played there. I was supposed to play there for Rick Minner. He gets fired. I wound up playing at Toledo, but I, I got my degree from Cincinnati and, but just being from that community. Things like this don't happen there. Um, So what Luke Fickle and his staff have been able to do in really such a short period of time, he took over the program in late uh, 2016. Um, It's been remarkable in in the players that he's been able to get and in the development that they've been able to do there. So um, this has been a long process in, in, in the making of them trying to get to this point and ultimately getting here. But it's definitely exciting to see this
0: happen. And also to come from the American Conference. I mean, when all the conference were shifting about a decade ago, people thought, well, maybe Cincinnati could get into the Big 12. Now they're getting in the Big 12 now. Or maybe the ACC or something. It's sort of like Cincinnati and all these other schools in the American were sort of the ones that were left out of being able to move into the conferences. So it's great to finally, you know, to show that they went to the American, dominated the American, and now are playing in the playoffs.
1: Yeah, I mean, that, that was the plan. Obviously, they were kind of, you know, got the shorthand of the stick from their perspective of ending up in this conference, and, and now they're going to make their way into the Big 12 here in a little bit. Um, but I think the good thing about Luke Fickle and his staff is they never looked at themselves as a group of five team. They don't use that terminology. They don't, they don't use power five, group of five. Um, they don't recruit that way. They do they their very best. Um, to move and act as if they 're just you know a great program, Luke Fickle having that Ohio State lineage and that tradition behind him um he 's trying to run this program like one of the power institutions, and I think it 's paid off for them you know they they don 't use those terminologies um and I think it 's helped them when they go toe to toe against Georgia in the Peach Bowl last year and nearly beat that game uh, win that game and and then you know they face teams like Indiana and Notre Dame and others and have had success against Power 5 opponents. And now they have an opportunity to show their worth against maybe the ultimate Power 5 opponent in Alabama. So, yeah, I think, you know, what's worked for them is that it's not Group of Five, it's Power 5. It's they play football, we play football, and let's play football better than them.
0: So when Luke comes on, they were 4-8 and eight the first year, then 11-2 and two in 2018, and 11-3 in 2019, and I've heard him mention that the one of the losses was to Ohio State, uh, and it was a rather bad loss, but the point of being, that motivated, that was something that set the program on that loss to Ohio State that then focused, and they were 9-1 and one last year, losing to Georgia in the Peach Bowl, and then, of course, 13-0 and 0 this year.
1: Yeah, that was a game changer. Um, that loss really kind of put the things in perspective, and let the, him as Luke Fickle, you know, he, when he brought this program, when he took it over, he wanted Cincinnati to be at that level, um, to be a uh, rival of his alma mater. You know, he wanted them to get to that level and to showcase um, their skills at that, 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 on that stage. And he realized that, hey, man, we got, still got some time to go until we're quite there. But it showed how much work they got. It showed the players how much work they still had ahead of them. And it, it set them on the course of where they are now. Um, they recruited differently. They they used their best resources to get to this point. And that really kind of, you know, where things, I think, changed for them. Um, that game was lopsided. And then they had some kind of turbulent moments after that. But they really went on a, on a run here that's been unprecedented for this program. Um, two back-to-back 10-win seasons, a 9-1 season last year, and, of course, now a 13-0 season this year, um, the, the the most successful not just from where they are in the college football playoff, but just from pure wins and losses, the most successful season in program history, the first 13-win program in, in season in program history. So it was that game that kind of said, okay, that's where we want to be. We're not quite there yet. But let's see what we can do to get there. And it really changed things.
0: And in the Peach Bowl game last year, I know Cincinnati was missing some players. Georgia was missing players. It wasn't, you know, again, it was one of the semifinal games. So it wasn't the intensity level that you see in some of the other into the into the playoff games. But the fact that you were leading Georgia 21 to 10 and uh, in the fourth quarter and just barely lost that game, I think that also gave the team some confidence coming into this year.
1: It has. It did. Um, they should have won that game. They should have won that game. They were up big, and and I think if it wasn't for some clock management issues there, they probably would have. Um, But it's sure that they can go toe-to-toe with one of the prime programs in the country. Um, It gave everyone confidence within the program that, look, what we're doing, we're doing the right things. You know, we're taking the right steps. The players that we have, we have the right team. We have the right guys. They have the right attitude. Um, And it also gave them some momentum heading into this year it allowed them to to reach heights in the polls and um show the country and the nation that they're a really good football team and again like it it's it's not power 5 group of 5 they're not a good team for a group of 5 team they're a good team regardless of of power 5 group of 5 affiliation um so yeah i mean that was a huge huge loss um but it it helped them understand that the steps that they've taken up to this point are the right steps, and I put them in this position.
0: And then this year, I mean, the wins against Miami, Murray State, Indiana, which is a little hatted down year, but the, you, everybody knew at Cincinnati, that In order to play in the playoff, they had to go undefeated, and then they had to go to Notre Dame and win at Notre Dame. And what a signature victory that was, the 24-13 win against the Fighting Irish. They're only loss of the year, so...
1: Yeah, that was a big win. Again, I mean, you know, there was a lot that went into that Notre Dame game. Of course, defensive coordinator Marcus Freeman at the time, defensive coordinator, um, former Cincinnati defensive coordinator. There was just a lot of emotions um, surrounding that game. And uh, they walked into South Bend and, and left there with a victory. And, again, it was another one of those confidence boosters and none of those moments that showed, look, man, the steps that we're taking, they're paying off. They're working. They're the right steps. And it was one of those huge building blocks that you know have ultimately led to what we're seeing um, with this program. So I mean, what Luke Fickle has done, it's 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 been tremendous, and it's it's been you know fun watching it and and, and watching this thing grow. Um, but they're not done yet, and, <laughs> and they didn't come here to just enjoy the moment and just be happy to be here. They're coming here to win a football game, and and you know they got a week to do it and figure it out, um, and they got a tall task ahead of them. Um but their first practice is on Monday, so we'll see how this thing shakes out.
0: And then just to recap the season a little bit, there was those stretch of games against uh after they beat UCF by like twenty five or thirty five points, the Navy game was close to Lane and Tulsa and people saying, Well, you know, what's going on with it? And then they then they settled back and started blowing the teams out again like they had done earlier in the year. But there was that little a patch in the middle in the middle of the season where they didn't play their best football.
1: Yeah, I mean there was a patch, I think For them, they were learning what it meant to be the number two team in the country, the the number three team in the country, whatever they were at that point, and what that means for an opponent. You know, when you walk into someone else's stadium, it's their bowl game. It's their Super Bowl. It's, you know, this game right here means everything. And I think Cincinnati and Luke Fickle, they had to learn what all of this means. And, And, yeah, they should have blown out Navy. They should have blown out Tulane or at least, you know, not struggled as much as they did in that game. Um, they should have blown out Tulsa um, on homecoming. But again, they they had to go through these um, these growing pains to kind of become the team that they ultimately are today. Um, they got an old group, and I mean that in a good way. I mean they got <laughs> a lot of graduate players, a lot of seniors, a lot of um, juniors with starting experience. Um, their best junior, Ahmad south Gardner, is a is a, is a multiple All American. Um, they got a lot of guys who have played a lot of football, and I think that experience has paid off in in helping them learn um, how to get through those tough games and those those tough challenges. Um, They didn't play their best ball in some of those games, but Luke Fickle has always said, our goal at the end of all of this is to be playing our best football at the end of the season, and that's exactly what they're doing. So is it going to be good enough to beat Bama? We'll see, Um, but they are where they hoped that they would be at this point, obviously.
0: And their star quarterback is, of course, Desmond Ritter, a four-year starter. He came as a two, maybe three-star recruit, but his development has been tremendous. And this year, like 30 touchdowns, eight interceptions, 3,200 yards. People talking about him being a first-round draft pick in the NFL draft. So this is great. You've seen Desmond develop over the last four years. Tell us a little about Desmond.
1: Des is as good of a player and as good as of a young man as you could ask for um not just as a person as a quarterback as a leader of your program and your team um he's just a really good dude and someone that you can rally around and not be afraid to hand the keys to your program so um it was his mission to come back and become a better passer um become more accurate, become more consistent with his accuracy. Um, and I think he's done that. Um, he's put in the work, he's put in the time and the effort to position himself um, into being a possible first-round pick. Um, I mean, he he was a he was a runner when he got here. He was an athlete who was you know six four, two ten, whatever. Um, a great runner of the football, not quite a great thrower, but he's obviously you know d- developed into a, a tremendous dual-threat quarterback. Um, but I think the, the the biggest quality with Des is he wins. He's the winningest active quarterback in college football, and it's it's not a coincidence that this thing turned around with him at the helm. Um, he is a tremendous leader, a tremendous winner, um, and some team at the next level is going to find that out pretty quickly. But um, his work ethic um, and his ability and his his desire to want to be great and want to be better and want to improve – um, has led to the quarterback that you see
0: today. And, and interesting is your running back, the running back at Cincinnati, Jerome Ford, started at Alabama, was there for two years, and now he's going to be competing on Friday against Alabama. So Jerome Ford, who averaged six yards a carry, and, and it, when people, I think Desmond gets a lot of the press, but you look at uh, you look at Ford in terms of his stats and his numbers, and if you watch their games, he is tremendous. No,
1: and I, and I think Jerome is, is, a, is an example of, I think people need to understand this isn't just a group of five teams playing over its head. They got legitimate dudes on this team, and Jerome Ford is one of those guys, You know, an Alabama, former Alabama recruit, um, even started some games down there for Nick Saban, and look, it was just crowded. It was crowded down there. He was behind Najee Harris, and um, he was able to come to Cincinnati to get an opportunity to get on the field, and it's worked out for him. Um, he's a great young man, and he's obviously a tremendous – Tremendous talent, um, and he's he's provided a really crazy one-two punch in the backfield with he and Dez. It, it's it's really tough when they run that run-pass option. You know you don't really know who to defend because you know you key on Jerome and Dez will explode for 50, 60, 70 yard gain um, because he's still lethal with his feet. And of course Jerome is you know one of the strongest runners in college football. Um, and, and can can rattle off a seventy eighty yard run as well. So and we saw that on the national stage against Georgia last year. But Jerome Ford is an elite runner, um, and and I'm sure he's he hasn't spoken yet since he's been down here. Um ta in, in Dallas he will I'm sure speak on the opportunity to to face Nick Saban and, and his former players and in his former team. Um but yeah, it's exciting to see Jerome be success to find success at Cincinnati and um you know, hopefully he can continue it against Bama.
0: And on the defensive side, everyone thinks, well, Cincinnati can't stop Alabama. But I look at the American Conference and the in their uh, first team, and almost the entire team was this. Is, I thought it was a, a, a typo. The entire first team on defense seems like to be the Cincinnati Bearcats. And of course, you mentioned Sauce Gardner, who everyone has going in the NFL first round. Also, I mean, Cincinnati might have two, possibly three, first round NFL uh, draft choices on this team. But especially on the defensive side, Cincinnati is is tremendous.
1: Yeah, their defense is legit. They have two All-American corners. Um, but I think that the, probably the, the best thing about it, like I mentioned earlier, is just the experience. These guys have been playing together now for three-plus seasons. Um, and, and largely, this is the unit, and I, I think he deserves some credit for this. You know, Marcus Freeman built this defense, um, but these guys have put in the work and become stronger, bigger, faster, more developed, and, and have developed into what the group you hear, you see today, um, they're a tremendous unit, and they're consistent, um, and, and they've they, they worked really hard to be great, and they've, they've, they've silenced a lot of offenses, not just this season, but in years past. Um, but, yeah, I mean, guys like Ahmad Garner, Kobe Bryant, um, Darian Beavers, who was a Buckus Award finalist, um, as the, the one of the top linebackers in the country. And then a the defensive line that's that's been playing for years and edge rusher Maje Sanders who could possibly be a first, second round pick. So they got, you know, like I said, they got dudes on both sides of the ball um, who are guys who some of them weren't, you know, the four or five star recruits but have developed into four or five star talented uh, NFL guys. So um, a lot of talent on both sides of the ball for the Bearcats.
0: Well, Keith, I really appreciate you coming on Iron Sports and giving us some information about the Bearcats. Um, also, what, one final question. Luke Fickle, is this something, I mean, he is turned down. I mean, he did one interview with Notre Dame. There's been other jobs that have come up. Is this something where he might just say, look, I'm going to stay here. I'm going to be a Dabo Swinney. I'm just going to build Cincinnati on a powerhouse now that they're going to the Big 12, or do, do you see him maybe moving to somewhere else to another program?
1: Well, You know, the Notre Dame job was interesting because I I think that Luke Fickle has the short list, and I think that list has Notre Dame and Ohio State on it. Um, When the Notre Dame job opened, we were like, "Uh uh-oh, this could be the one. And he said, no, you know, I'm I'm good here. And I I think what we're looking at is a guy who's an Ohio native um, who's a very family-oriented guy. Um, His son is on on the Cincinnati football team. Um, and his wife is happy here, and I think that's a big deal. When mom is happy, you know, you know, it's a good thing that she loves Cincinnati. So um, they're not far from home. Cincinnati is only an hour and a half, two-hour drive from Columbus. Um, so he's able to, you know, stay in the Midwest where he's comfortable and where he's been spent his whole life. Um, so he's really happy with what he has here and what he's built. Um, And and like you said, the Big 12 is on the horizon. So it's only going to get bigger and bigger as this thing continues to grow. Look, Oklahoma was open. USC was open. LSU was open. Notre Dame was open. And he decided to stay here. And I think that that says... Uh, a lot about who he is and, and what he's looking for. And so far, at least he's been able to find all of that at Cincinnati.
0: Well, I am so excited about the games, both games, the uh, Georgia-Michigan game and the Alabama-Cincinnati game. So Keith Jenkins, Cincinnati Bearcat writer. Um, what's your Twitter? For, how can we follow you if people want to follow your writing in terms of on, on the Internet?
1: Sure. Uh, Mr. Keith Jenkins, you can find me there on social media, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. And of course, my website is KeithJenkins.com and then Cincinnati.com is my employer.
0: Great. Thanks a lot, Keith. And have fun down in Dallas.
1: Got it.